Hello all, this is Blonde Hair Girl. I'm gonna, I'm having my morning coffee. So have your morning coffee with me. Go get your mug. (laughs) Have your morning coffee with me. Um, So I've got this thing going on. Uh, We all have things going on. I'm always talking about mine. (laughs) <laughs> like mine are interesting, right? <laughs> I think it's funny. Um, but so somebody in my life is going to die if there isn't a miracle. I I, I did a YouTube last night that was um, that I kind of softened it. But the truth is, she's going to die if uh, something de- massive doesn't happen. Um and I, I'm really sad about it. <laughs> on on different, it, it's just affecting me on all these different, um, I guess levels. I don't know ideas. Um, and so because this is my thing, this is my material. I talk about these things. A lot, as you all know, because you listen to my material. <laughs> so, so I've talked about the idea of of death and passing on as possibly a choice, um, possibly not a choice, possibly based on whatever we believe it is. Um, but I've experienced lose loss of people in my life that I loved suddenly, unexpectedly, and then I've had people in my life pass away of horrible illnesses. And this has just been something that has just bothered me since I can remember. Like, I just don't understand. Like, you know, how do we understand in some ways the ununderstandable? Like, how do we understand it? Like, how do we make sense out of it? But I just think that it's, 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 it's kind of where it's at. Like, like, what is this? What are we doing here? Like, we come here for a period of time. Some people believe we come here because we are here to learn lessons. We're here to work off our karma. Like, this is some kind of purgatory. And I don't believe any of that. I don't think this life is about lessons. I don't think, is. I mean, we learn here and we have lessons here just by the nature of life. That when we're trying something new or doing something new, we fumble at it for a while or some people who are just gifted who don't. But whatever it is we're trying to do, you know, you come out of the womb, we're not even walking, we're not talking, we're not you know, we're not doing much. We sleep, we eat, we go to the bathroom, we cry because we're hungry or we're soiled. I mean, it's just, you know, we're completely driven by our impulses, you know, <laughs> you know and, and, and we actually could not survive without caretakers. We couldn't, we would die. If we were just left to our own devices, just left there, we would die because we couldn't, protect ourselves and we couldn't feed ourselves and um, depending on the age I mean maybe older babies could but I mean you could be argued but like brand new babies would not survive 
now, so, <laughs> and, and we come here and we form these bonds. Okay, so we form these bonds that lead to these babies, you know, hopefully, not in every case, but in a lot of cases, um, there is some kind of bond with a person um, that we engage in, in behaviors with them that lead to pregnancy, that lead to babies. And so, and the whole, the whole thing of that is all hormonal and bonding. And I mean, it's just, it's just, I, I think we're just here to experience all that. To like experience all of that, the bonding, the, the loving, the caring, the, um, singing, dancing, listening to music, helping other people. I just, I just think we're here for all of that. And so, so along this journey of my life, and I think all of our lives to one degree or another, we, people, they pass out of their body and it's like, where do they go? Like, what is the point of that? You know, I, what is the point of the, of us coming here and then passing out of our body. So like basically leaving our spacesuit. I call this body our spacesuit because it kind of is. It's how we survive on this planet. We couldn't survive, well, theoretically in this realm. But I mean, I, I don't know that there aren't beings that didn't come here through birth. Um, but that's a whole other subject. So I'm not going to get into it. But um, most of the time, it seems like we come here through birth. And and then we're here for a period of time, and then we leave our space to. Okay, so then what happens? We go into non-physical. Okay, well, what is that? What is non-physical? What what exactly does that mean? You know, and I'm I'm just curious about this. This stuff is very interesting to me. <clears throat> and so I have my practice of, because this is my belief, and it's not just my belief, it's, it's like supposedly a universal law that what we think comes into physicality, what we think about, what we have intentions about comes into our physicality. Um, and a lot of people on the planet are, are just allowing life to flow to them. And I am, I have disrupted that. I have disrupted that process and, and, and do somewhat the opposite. And so I have this understanding that there's a lot going on with me that I have no control over that is biology or God in every cell of my being conducting my bodily functions like my heart to be without my knowledge of it. So there's a whole lot going on around us that we have absolutely no, we're not thinking about it. We don't think about these things. You know, that the sun comes up and the moon comes up and, you know, and there's, you know, weather and just life is, it is like a stream of life. It is to some degree. So I'm aware of that, but I'm talking about 
I'm talking about that I believe that we have more say over the direction of our life than we want to, than has been previously taught to us. So, and this kind of came to me like years ago, I just was like, what direction do I go? And I just heard in my head, make up your own damn mind. And so we make up our our mind about something and then whatever is acting on our behalf is working in that direction. Okay, so I want to move to Costa Rica. Say I want to move to Costa Rica. Okay, I make an intention to move to, to, to Costa Rica and then I start getting all kinds of advertisements about, you know, real estate in Costa Rica and how do you get a job in Costa Rica? I start looking it up on Google and then I, you know, I set out an intention and then opportunity. Oh yeah, my parents moved to to Costa Rica last year. You know, I mean, you just, this is just kind of how it goes. But it's like, it was the, the initial intention was that I made up my mind that I wanted to move to Costa Rica. Okay. So this is how I live. I and and I admittedly a good percentage of the time I'm not really sure exactly what I do want, but I feel I feel right now like I know what I want. I know what my desire is and and I get signs about it every day and I there is a bit of a waiting pattern and also a doing pattern. So I do things um, and I imagine things. I, I had this, this idea is very much in my imagination. It's very much in my meditations. It, it lives in me. <clears throat> so in my, in my life, I, I, somebody, I do not believe by accident, I was going to an event, somebody jumped into my, my, it was part of our group, got into the Uber car at the last event I went to. And I don't believe that it was an accident that we were both sitting in the back seat. There was a third person that was sitting in the front seat and I was sitting in the back seat with her. There is no accident that I met this person. <clears throat> and as, as, as time went on, I, I started to realize that she was very, very sick very sick. I mean, this is a person who will die if a miracle doesn't happen. She's not going to make it if a miracle doesn't happen. So as a bystander, like, what do I do? <clears throat> I mean, what do I do? You know, I, as a person who believes that we have some say over our destiny, a person who believe, I believe that we can be healed. I believe we can be healed through the power of that. The power that created everything can heal anything. And I have developed, in, in my older age, I have developed a disbelief in modern medicine. Like, not all modern medicine you know, but I have 
like a disbelief, like in like, for example, chemotherapy, like what the hell is it like? So you go in and you kill cells and, and the person gets really, really, really sick. Like there was somebody in my life that I adored that died from, well, actually it wasn't from chemotherapy. Um, he had gone to a clinic in, um, in Tijuana of all places. And he came back I think he died of starvation because um, they were really limiting his his um, calories and very specific about what he could and couldn't eat. He came back, he looked like it was terrible. But, um, but <laughs> so I guess I have, I have a, I have a disbelief in a lot of different modalities. <laughs> um, I'm laughing at myself, see how funny I am sometimes. But anyway, but then, like, for example, my mom got breast cancer. My mom had breast cancer in 93. Um, and she had a mastectomy and had six-month round of chemotherapy and never had cancer again. So she lived like how many years? Um, cancer free. She never got cancer again. And and so in that case, it worked. But here's the other thing I know about my mother. My mother was one of the most determined people I've ever known in my life. So it probably had more to do with her determination that she wasn't going to let something take her out. Um like this. She wasn't ready to go and she wasn't going to miss her grandchildren and, um, and great grandchildren and time with her girls. And, you know, she, so she, my mom was a very determined woman, much more so than I am. (laughs) I mean, I, you know, amazing woman. Anyway, so she, um, but she did have chemo and she lived. So, I mean, I'm not going to say that it never works, that, that Western modalities never work, but I think that it all, there also has to be a whole lot of belief in that modality in order for it to have a positive outcome. But anyway, so, so my friend is not doing well. And like, and then I asked the question again, what do I do? And I, I did, I, I've been trying to steer her toward the people that I believe could actually make a difference. And something that I found astounding that I just, I was shocked by is that she told me that she had signed up, but she forgot. She forgot that she had signed up and didn't and so when, when the event happened that she was supposed to be participating in, she wasn't there because she forgot. <clears throat> so <laughs> I didn't know what to take of that. I thought, well, that is really weird. Like, is she self-sabotaging? Is she like, I, I, have, no, I have no answer for why why she would forget, but that 
She did not want to dare to hope. Like mustering up the amount of hope when you are in pain is really challenging. And when everyone around you is telling you that's just not a viable option for you. You need to go through modern medicine. And so how do you how do you go against that grain and believe in things that most people don't believe in? It takes an exorbitant amount of strength that somebody who is dying of cancer, like how do they get the strength to go against that grain? So yesterday I got, I got, I guess what I would call bad news. I, I just had texted her. I'd been thinking about her and, and I, she said, you know, something that I'm not going to say what she told me, but it's not good. It was really bad news for me. And I just, I just don't know where to be. Like, like I can be that friend. I, I can come visit you. I can bring you soup. I can, I can be that friend. I can. But I, I, what she doesn't know, like, and, and nobody knows, like, I really haven't talked to my friends. Like, I have a couple of friends that have read my book and I, that I, that I hang out with. And I, but most people don't know that I do this, these podcasts. They don't know I do YouTubes. They don't know that I have put, put out content on these subjects. And so she doesn't know that this is my practice. My practice is that we have the power, the power of the creator to change outcomes. <clears throat> and then I sort of, I sort of, I sort of don't really necessarily want to get into it that much with her because like, it's so rude. Like, you know, you could change this outcome if you just believed enough. How rude is that? If, if you just had more gratitude, you could beat this thing. Like, I would never say that to someone ever. nor do I even really believe it. So if I believe that we have the power of that to change an outcome, to change a situation like this, that is this dire, that she will die, like soon, soon. I don't, I don't think she has that long to live. I, I really don't. I think, I think this is dire. Okay. So if we have the power to change this dire thing, what do I do? <clears throat> There's all kinds of things going on with this as well. With identity. Like this is something that I that I start that I noticed even in my own life. I'm sharing like something 
really, really personal. But when I was young, I was really sick. (laughs) I was a really sick baby. My mom didn't think I was going to survive, actually. The doctors told my mom I had old, she had old genes, and that's why I was sick. (laughs) With, you know, back then, all this crazy stuff they used to say. I think my mom was 31 when she had me, but back then, that was old, older than today. Women are having children in their 50s today, but not back then. And, and, and I remember just getting, a lot of attention from being sick. Just, you know, I, I remember I remember my mom a couple of times, like mostly it was my dad who was taking care of me. Although my mom took me to the doctor to get my shots. I had to go get gamma globin shots. Some type of a <clears throat> immunity shots. Um, And my mom took me to get the shots, but my dad was the one who was getting up with me throughout the night to care for me when I had massively high fevers. And I had a lot of antibiotics and my teeth were affected by it. My teeth, I guess, were misshapen from the amount of antibiotics that I got as a child. Supposedly, I don't know if any of this is true. I mean, I know that I was getting shots because I remember it. But um, I remember getting a lot of attention. And then, you know, as I got older and people who like passed away, like young people who passed away, like they were just set on a pedestal and everyone was so sad and they loved them so much and you know and this is just all just leading to this you know like even this song you know when when I when I pass put me on a bed of roses or whatever of daisies or whatever like we in society we just have this way about us of of handling these things in a way that I just think is is really kind of screwy. It's not it's not that we don't celebrate a person's life, but we why aren't we celebrating them while they are alive? Why don't we celebrate people to the point where they want to stay here? Why don't we give people affection when they're not sick? I'm just saying, like, why is it always just all so screwy? You know, which led me to, you know, having had enough, enough experience with this, I, I was different with my family. I was different with my kids. Like, I never leave them without telling them I love them. I never get off the phone with them without telling them I love them. Ever. Because I know that something could happen. I wanted, I wanted to spoil them now. I wanted to have their life be good. The goodness of their life was important to me, their happiness. You know, and the people around me. I'm, not, I'm talking about my children, but I, I try to be this way with everyone. 
I'm just saying. And so somebody finds themselves ill and finds themselves, you know, and at some point it's just like this surrender. Okay, well, if I'm going to die, then I guess I'm just going to die. You know, and, and kind of surrendering to that diagnosis or surrendering to that outcome. Okay, I'm going to die. You know, and then kind of feeling bad about it to some degree because all these people around you are really sad because they don't want you to die. But at some point, honestly, I would think that that death would become a viable option and a more viable option than living the way they're living in a body that is just completely failing them. You know, I'm just saying I've never been faced with this personally, and I hope never to be. I hope to never be facing this. I, 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 this is my goal. I'm just going to be 100 years old, and I'm going to pass away in my sleep with the man of my dreams next to me. Both of us pass away together in our sleep. That's my goal. <laughs> just decide the day and time, and then just go to sleep, and then wake up in the non-physical, you know, living a really, really good, long, healthy, happy life. That's my goal. I don't want any, any massive, you know, I'm not going to go out with a bang. That's not my plan. So, and so, and so, but that's my goal. I'm going to stick with it. Um, but I have to preface when I talk about this stuff that I really don't understand because I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I've had people around me that have passed away of horrible diseases and I didn't want them to go to the point where I thought my heart would explode. I know what loss feels like on this side. I know what that feels like, but I don't know what it feels like to be the person that's on the way out. I don't. And so, and so I just make, I just try to imagine, like not, not in detail, but the closest thing that I've ever come to it was I, I had gone off of an antidepressant years ago. I just, I'm not recommending it for other people, but for me, I, I really didn't want to be on it anymore. I had been on this antidepressant for many years. It was very, a very effective drug for me. But I didn't want to be on it the rest of my life. So I weaned myself off of this, of this antidepressant. And when I did, I was incredibly ill. Or I just thought I was. I mean, I felt ill. Uh, I, I just felt this, like, I don't know, incredible pain, like, just in, I don't know, the core and the center of my being. And I don't know if it was grief because I had had these losses and I was on the, the, the pills when I was, had these losses and now I didn't have any buffer to deal. But I mean, and just everything hurt. Like it hurts to take a shower. My skin hurt. My just I couldn't watch TV for a long time. I couldn't listen to most music with the exception of of 
country music, this is so weird, country music and NPR, that was it for me. Um, and I, it was just every single day, like, and, and, and then on top of it, I got this horrible case of insomnia. I wasn't sleeping. There were, there were a lot of nights I didn't get any sleep, sometimes three hours, sometimes five hours, but I was exhausted, exhausted. And I, I, the people who have had insomnia know what I'm talking about. Like the, the thought that you are not going to, you cannot fall asleep. I couldn't even nap. It was like my brain would not allow me to fall asleep. And, and I, I was just completely miserable and I did pull myself out of all that. And I did go see doctors because I, I was just so sick. I felt so sick. And I thought that I might have like ulcers, which is a possibility. I, I saw, I saw all kinds of doctors for help and they just were just like, you should stay on your antidepressants basically is what they said. So I, I gave up any hope of help from them and I just went off on my own. And I was, I did change my diet radically, which was incredibly helpful. It really was. Um, the change in my diet was incredibly helpful. And I, I taught myself how to sleep. I sleep chained myself. I started to sleep more and I, I had this belief that I was going to get better. I, I had this fervent belief that I would get better, that I had a future, and that future was bright. And, and I celebrated the smallest feelings of feeling better. Like, the, like, even if it was just this slight, slight, slight feeling of feeling better, I celebrated it. Oh my God, I feel 2% better today. And I mean, I just like played it up like massively. And I did this other thing that I really believe in that I try to get my clients to do over the years and they just, they just don't. It drives me crazy that they don't listen to me. But I wrote down, it was an Esther Hicks thing. I wrote down positive aspects Every day or every time I was feeling bad, I just wrote things I liked about life. I didn't journal about the misery. No, I just wrote down positive things I liked about life. And I have, I have notebook after notebook after notebook. They're very small, but just of things I loved about life. And I got better and I'm still here. And, um... <clears throat> So I feel like I have, I have the tools to get through, you know, things in my life through experiences. And so when I've had other traumas in my life, I, I've had these tool books and I've gone back to them and I do them again. <clears throat> but I can't carry someone else. I can't. So... When I was at the the event with this this per, this friend of mine, there was a point where I could tell she was suffering. I could I could just tell 
I don't know how I can tell. I just, I could feel it, the suffering. And she came and she, I had her sit next to me and she was suffering something horrible. And I was really having a hard time with it. And I, and I, and then I, I knew that we had to get in because we were on a break and we had to go back in to the event. And I just heard this just complete message from God that you don't, this isn't your responsibility. That, that I don't have the power. It's not my power to heal this person. It's God's power to heal this person. I would love to be the instrument that did that. I would love to. I would love to have God use me as an instrument for the healing of another person or whatever happens with them. I would, I would love. I just I want to be used by God in this world. That's my, my goal. That's my everything. But it was very clear to me that I needed to give up this responsibility that somehow I'm responsible if she's not, if she's suffering. That somehow, like I didn't bring on this suffering and me taking on this suffering is not making her suffering better. And then the event went on, you know, and I think we did whatever we were doing. And then when we were done with it, I ran into her again and she was better. She said, I'm better. And I was so happy. I was so happy that she was better, that she was felt a little bit better. I just, it made me happy that she was better. But what what goes on with me in this is that the theorists say that this is a, a law, a law, that whatever we ask for is given. I mean, I'm not sure that all the theorists say it in the same way, okay? They may say this differently, but whatever it is that we intend is given by the source. But we are the ones that are blocking it. Okay? But there is also this, that these are the steps. You ask, it is given, and then you get into a receivership mode, and then it must come into your physicality. Okay? So let's just say just for the sake of argument, that it is my intention that this friend will be healed. Okay? We're not going to talk about all the implications of the fact that I don't have the power, you know, like it's her choice, blah, blah, blah. No, let's just say, for the sake of argument, putting this into the formula, I have this intention. So I put out this intention. I ask God, God, please heal this friend. Okay, <clears throat> and then it is given. Okay, then that should be the outcome. If I meditate on it, if I imagine it, if I believe in it, if I, if I do the steps, quote unquote, properly, 
then the outcome should be that she would improve and live. But that's not necessarily what's happening and has not happened in the past. Because this isn't my first rodeo. This isn't the first time this has happened. This is the second time this has happened, like in the last year, that I've had a friend who is going to die, and then she died. <laughs> and so she passed away. I don't, I don't know that I believe in death. I don't know, but I'm just using that word. So... If it is a formula, so this is the thing that I don't understand. Then this gets me tripped up. This is my bugaboo. And I talk about this all the time. You guys know that. It bothers me that, that if it is a, a universal law, then the, and I'm not getting the outcome, then I must not be doing it properly. And that really bothers me. Okay, so that means that I can change it, right? I can change the way I'm doing it. Okay, so how can I tweak this? You know, how can I tweak this? Like, you know, but it's still, it's still a bugaboo. And, you know, and I get so much information on this, like, every day. And it just, you know, I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of, like, people, like, you know, they're not sending it to me personally, but acting like they're, like, experts in this field, you know, they're experts and, you know, this is, this is how it's done, you know, and I, and I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, you know what? Oh, go away. Just go away. I, I just, I don't even want to hear it. Because if there were so many experts in this field, the world would be different if they were really experts and were really doing what they say they're doing. So I'm following the people that I see it in their life that I can actually see it. It's not just somebody claiming this. I don't know. I, I just got to stop talking about that. But it's just the fact that it's supposedly a law that gets me all tripped up. Kind of like they, they, they make this comparison to gravity. That this is a universal law. Like gravity is a u universal law. Well, gravity is happening all the time. And so is the law, this quote unquote law of attraction. And so it bugs me because I practice. I practice every day. It feels like every second of every single day, I am practicing this, how to do this. So that, so that basically the world will be different. We won't have what's going on in Iran right now. With, with the atrocities that are going on over there, that people will... will when they, they'll pass away when they want to pass away. Anyway, I'm starting to ramble and mumble, so <laughs> I'm going to go. <laughs> I really appreciate you listening. And I will be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.